Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Manxiety Podcast. We're your hosts, Ashad and Matt. Before we get started, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you can get notified of new episodes. If you want to share this with your friends, you can find us on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hi, everyone. Quick note about this week's episode. We recorded this a couple of weeks ago, but had some authors on and some other good content. So we released those before releasing this one. So some of the things you may hear may be outdated. We talk a little bit about being away and um, about an event we went to. All of those happened uh, almost a month ago now. On to the episode. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back again. Da na na. I don't think that's how that song starts, Matt. That's that's like a hundred percent how it is. No, dude, it's not. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back again. It's guess who's back? Back again. Shady's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? 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 Da na 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 na. Well, you know, I created a monster. Nobody wants to see Shady. Some, 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 some. That's how it goes. You're going to sing a song, get it right, Matt. Come on. Wow. Really, uh, really humbled me there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, I probably fucked it up. That's fine. I'm going to leave it. I'm not going to cut it. Who gives a shit? Anyways, we it, are it's back. It's all good. If you don't know who Eminem is, it's okay. Yes. We are back. Um, you mean like the candy or... Like the sure. most yeah, totally. highest grossing rapper ever. Um, <laughs> um, anyways, we're back. Um, you know, we took a little bit of a break there. Um, but really, we, really, we took a week off. We hope you enjoyed it, too. You didn't have to listen to me droning on and a shot talking about the house. Um, however, you know, because we're we're back from break and we have tons of shit to talk about today not only just with humility but also what's going on in our lives um speaking of doing shit for the house a shot would you like to talk about what you've been up to (laughs) you really enjoy just talking about me doing stuff on the house don't you it's it's like the best running joke meme i could possibly think of i like it i do want to remind you matt that um last week we were on with the author on last week's episode Yeah. That's that's right. My my time of reference is is off. I think. Sorry, yeah. guys. We're we're you know we were off for a week. Then we're recording kind of early. Matt Matt's still trying to figure out what day of the week it is. So I'm, we have to forgive him again. I'm getting humbled here. Um, <laughs> real real quick, like. Um, but yeah, I, I did do work on the house. That thanks for mentioning that, Matt. Blew out some concrete, put some new step stones. Bought sod for the first time, which is like grass that's grown and you can buy it and plant it, right? Like it's not seeds, but it's already grass. Um, yeah, so overall it was a pretty cool experience. I'd never bought sod or installed it. Um, and then I changed up the front of my house a little bit, which I've been meaning to do for a while, which which was very cool. And I... Yeah, I just enjoy doing stuff like that. I don't know. Like, now I get tired sometimes and I've talked about kind of like I got housework going on all the time, but I have also realized that I like being out there and doing stuff. 
versus being inside and watching TV or you know doing something else. Um, and kind of along with that, Matt and I were at an event last week, two weeks ago, anyway, recently, called Beequinox, and that's kind of uh, partially what this episode will be about, but also it kind of um, it relates to what I was saying, right? Because I like being outdoors so much and doing stuff outdoors. Like this is an event that's held in the middle of the desert, uh, where the, you know you you take everything you need because there's literally nothing out there. And yeah, you're just kind of out there in nature, doing stuff, helping people, hanging out with people, meeting new people. Um, it's a really, really, really cool event. Like, I think I touched my phone. I got to go and check, but I, I, like, my phone was not in use for the, like, four or five days I was there. I think I took it out to, like, I used it as an alarm in the mornings, and I took some pictures, and then, I don't know, like, responded to a text or something that someone had sent me. But outside of that, I was very much, you know, I'm out here just, like, trying to detox from technology. Um, And it was really nice. It's... I think I've mentioned I, I enjoy doing that when I go on when I go on camping trips or on vacation and stuff. I kind of just like leave my phone alone. So it it was really cool um, being able to do that and kind of being in this environment with like all these people and like all these activities to do and stuff. How's your week, Matt? Or your experience? Um, or great. what do you have going on? Nothing, as always. I'm always the one that's got <laughs> something going on, bro. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. Last couple of weeks, you were like, "Yeah, guys, I, I got nothing going on. I'm feeling good. There's nothing going on in my life right now." Yeah, things were just going pretty well, and I and I was enjoying that. Right, like there's um, there's some things I got to deal with coming up. Like uh, I'll be finding a new place to live. A couple other random things, like uh, I'll be done with uh, all my training stuff at work, so I'll be like officially live um and on you know real calls instead of you know the the, like fake they're not fake but you know what i mean like uh, (laughs) dry run calls type stuff right like just just practice stuff for for product (laughs) you you were just using one of those little baby phones that aren't connected to anything (laughs) that yeah it's pretty much how how they're treating phone calls yeah it's kind of like uh when you get like an easy bake oven and it's basically what i have is like a phone setup that doesn't actually call anybody but yeah, but with like, easy bake ovens, you can still make cookies and stuff. Yeah, and with this fake phone that we're describing, I can still yell down the hallway, but people are just only going to hear me there. So when you when you work remote, the only people that hear you scream are yourself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's been good. Um, I got a coach at work, which is cool because uh, my work will pay for coaching services. And I signed up and got involved with somebody. I've never had like a a coach before. I know we talked about like our coaching episode, like getting a coach and like the differences and right. And like having somebody like in my life who's a coach, but this person's like just somebody who I don't know who's just a coach. And we discussed the difference between like a coach by profession, right? Like, right. Like he's like a personal yeah. coach, right? So he's yeah. like, oh, I've coached yeah. executives. I've coached whatever. Like, what do you want to work on? And it's really interesting because it's like compared to therapy it was like oh i've got I'm like i have a personal trainer i've been to therapy like i've done all that stuff right and he said you know at least with the therapy side like it's more focused on the past 
about what happened in the past and understanding it and making sense of it. Whereas he's like, coaching is just forward, forward, forward. We're not really going to talk so much about the past. It's more about what are you doing today and tomorrow to achieve your goals? So right. it's kind of fun to do like a goal workshop session with somebody who um, does it for a living and can like explain it and stuff in like very simple terms. Cause it's like, Hey, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, great. And like, I've already thought about a lot of it, right. With just goals that I set for myself anyways. So coming into that environment and then just having another person to bend their ear each week and just say, Hey, this is what I did here. This is what I did this, um, you know, the event we went to, like, this is what happened there. This is how I challenged myself this way. Or maybe I didn't challenge myself, but I want to work on better or whatever. Um, so that was really like eye opening for a lot of it. Like the way that he explained different things, like analogies using. Um, so I'll probably do like a, a catch up on that in like a future episode um and then speaking of the event right like it, i mean it was it was awesome we got to be out we got to camp in the desert you know see our friends people that we know only through the event that we haven't seen in years uh because you know it hasn't happened for what like two and a half years right because because yep. of covid so it's really cool to just kind of be back at it um be one with nature and really um kind of like a shot set speaking with the the episode stuff on humility like humble yourself in a lot of ways right you're like oh i need to survive in the wild basically how do i do that um i mean we we use wild kind of loosely we we did have an rv uh, and matt used camping kind of loosely as well because we did have an rv this year (laughs) so um well we had some way to ruin the magic yes but we still had to you know bring water and it's not just about where you're sleeping it's like are you sleeping well still right like you're kind of in like a you know it's not like my my bed is super comfortable it's it's not as comfortable as that of course but it's like okay the rv shaking there's sound there's music there's things going on like are you drinking enough water are you eating enough food are you doing things for your body right like my i have a whoop wristwatch and then it was pissed off at me for the for the three (laughs) days it's like you slept four hours your heart rate was up your this was up whatever um and it was also interesting because it was also it's like one of the reasons this may happen is if you're drinking alcohol i was like i was drinking alcohol and not sleeping a lot and still trying to take care of myself and my mental health and my body and it was just very kind of humbling to be like wow like if i don't get seven to eight hours of sleep i feel like a zombie if you do that plus drinking plus do it three three nights in a row you feel um, great it's amazing how that happens you're kind of mad yeah you're certainly masking some of the symptoms but it's kind of um it's just interesting how it's like this is just what people used to do right you used to have to just kind of fend for yourself now it's not like we had to like go hunt for food right we weren't doing anything i mean extreme i had had a box of cookies some people some people hunted went around tried to find camps that had food true uh and there were (laughs) a lot of great camps that had food and yeah it's just a way to remember that like it's kind of like you are special, but you're not, right? Like we're just human beings. We all have needs and comforts and things that, that we want, right? To be happy and everything. But at the end of the day, like the person on the other side of you in that negotiation or that Zoom meeting or whatever, they're just a the person too, right? We all have insecurity, struggles, whatever. And just when you're in a place where people aren't judging you for any of that and you can just kind of run around and say like, hey, I want to do this goofy thing or, oh, I, I really like your art project or whatever, uh, it's just really cool. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy I got to be a part of it. I'm happy I got to you know, talk a shot's ear off for the for the drive because there was a bit of a drive for us. Um, 
which was fun. I'm happy I got to be an RB. I'm just I'm happy about it. I think it's like a reset switch that people need to do every once in a while to just remember that there are you know when you go back to your meetings and things and it's like ah this person didn't email me back on time or whatever. It's it's all just kind of BS, you know. And um, take a step back from it and re- remember your roots and everything. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I actually want to read. Uh, but we've t- kind of talked about the Daily Stoic before, but th- there was, obviously, they, they kind of talk about this too, because it is a Stoic virtue, kind of this this humbling. And I do want to read kind of an excerpt from one of them, uh, one of the emails that I got regarding this. And uh, it goes, power and success are intoxicating. They stain us purple, to use Marcus Aurelius's expression, warping and changing us, puffing up our egos which is why it's so important that we have some practices in our lives that humble us, that keep us in touch with how we used to be, and of course, how most people on the planet are. Doesn't matter what it is, you must find ways to escape that imperialization that Marcus warned against. You must do things that remind you of who you are, which is, and always will be, a regular person who is no better and no more special than anyone else. Uh, Marcus had a very... um, he had an excerpt in his meditations and it talked about how uh i don't think that's on this excerpt that i'm reading here but it talked about how who was it andrew the great is that who i'm no alexander the great mm-hmm. talked about how obviously during his time alexander the great was kind of before his time talked about how Alexander the Great was buried in the same way that his horse caretaker was buried. And, like, kind of, in the end, right, like, after you're gone, there is no difference between... It doesn't matter what you've done your whole life. Everyone, it's, like, the same destination, right? Which, it, it he reminded himself of this to humble himself. And I think it is very important to remember this because... We live, we're very, what's the best way to put it? Fortunate, right? Living, I guess, we are really fortunate, me and Matt, living where we are. There are other parts of the U.S. that aren't as fortunate. The people there that aren't as fortunate. There are other parts of the world that are even less fortunate. So, it is important to remember that sometimes, that, you know, the fact that you have a bed to sleep in every night, you're fortunate for having that. The fact that you have a mattress to sleep on, that you have warmth and comfort, that you have food and water readily available, right? Um, that you have medicine, that you have, you know, you know, maybe friends or family around you, like all of these things. We have to remember that we're very fortunate because there are other people in the world that don't have a lot of this. And there are people that have more, but we all have to remember that we don't want to let that get to our heads, right? We don't want to, as Marcus Aurelius put it, right, this whole imperialization, we, we don't want to allow it to stain us purple. And he, he used that stain us purple because purple is the color of royalty, right? And Marcus Aurelius obviously became the emperor of Rome. And what he was trying to say was that he doesn't want the fact that he's emperor 
to change who he is for him to become someone else. He wants to remember his roots, where he came from. He wants to be able to continue connecting with the people that he's ruling. And I think similarly, sometimes in our lives, we get to a stage, whether it's with our employees, right? If you become an executive or a manager or something, and you kind of forget who you were when you weren't a manager or you weren't an executive, right? You start treating the people beneath you differently. Um, and you don't realize that like you went through a lot of those same things and that you're no better than they are. You guys are the same. Or with someone else, right? Like someone you meet somewhere on the street or even, you know, kind of as I'm going through this journey of like, becoming a father soon people forget right as parents that they were kids once and that they had that they went through a lot of things that the kids are going through right you know you were curious you like to challenge authority you like to um you know do things you weren't supposed to do you like to break rules kind of all of these different things and you you kind of forget that or a lot of parents do and you're like no like you can't do this right like you're not allowed to do this and you get so mad and you get so uh angry about it but you forget that you probably did a lot of those same things when you were young too and it's just a part of growing up so experiences like these right like what we went to and you know me going camping or all these other places or like I said, even going to uh, an event like this, it, it helps us, it keeps our head away from the clouds, right? It helps It helps ground us and realize that, you know, we're like everyone else. Um, and you can do this at, you know, a smaller level, right? At a very basic level. You know, if you're someone that enjoys always eating at very nice restaurants, right? Maybe one day you go to a hole in wall random place down the street like a random diner right um with no award-winning chefs and no you know world-renowned cuisine or something and that might be a way that you kind of start going down that path or if you're someone that enjoys driving you know that always drives a luxury car or wears luxury clothing and stuff maybe you just go and buy you know a top from target or something or you know, go on, I don't know, a road trip and rent a regular car or, or something, right? Just to realize that, like, yeah, you may have all these things, but, you know, that you're, you're that doesn't make you any better than anyone else that doesn't have these things. Right? Instead of driving to the grocery store next time, you walk there, right? And you kind of, you realize that there are people that don't have cars that need to walk. And kind of walk a mile in their shoes. Yeah, it's <clears throat> kind of the opposite of having the, like the the inflated sense of ego, right? Like like they're kind of slightly opposed in that sense, right? Like if you're if you're driving the really nice car and you're having like the nice clothes and all this stuff because you have a good paying job, well then you might go around the world thinking like your shit don't stink, right? And that's, I think, where that, like when you're talking earlier about the CEOs and stuff, like that's where that divide starts to happen is people who kind of make it in life or maybe they had a bunch of advantages and they don't understand what it's like to struggle, to, to suffer. 
And then they just kind of go like, oh, why don't they just work harder? Why don't people just do whatever? Not realizing that, um, you know, the system is pretty is pretty one sided for a lot of people. Right. Like they're kind of set up to struggle and and they'll just do it. And, and when you can, you know, bring yourself down to that perspective, you're, you're going to learn a lot. And for me, like one of the most humbling things I've ever done was do jujitsu because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm large, I'm six, three, you know, I'm like 195 pounds and I would get beat up by people that were 14, like 110 pounds. Uh, I'd get beat up by people half my size and stuff, right? Because when it comes to yeah, just purely, I don't know if that's a humbling experience, Matt. I mean, anyone can beat you up. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, uh, <laughs> definitely not now, but um, you know, because you're in in that arena where you're. I mean, I'm not trying to use my strength, and I'm not trying to use my weight on them. I'm trying to just do pure technique. Like they're better at it than me. Right now, of course, if we were at the same level, like weight class exists for a reason, right? If we're at the same exact skill level, my weight's an advantage, my strength is an advantage, all that stuff. But when you start to realize like, oh, I'm not as strong as I thought I was. I'm not as good as I thought I was. Even when I start using strength or weight against people, they can still beat me because they're just, they've been doing it for so long. And they have better technique, right? Exactly. Or they, they catch you in something you weren't thinking of, right? Like you start getting blind thinking, oh, I've never been caught in this particular move. Now, oh shit, I got caught in that move. Like, what do I do? You panic and you tap. Well, when you start to realize like, you know, those things are skills that you can learn and you can you can learn to be humble, right? It's, you can use kind of treat it as a skill, like doing these things, right? Like walk to work, see what it's like, go camp in the desert, do things where you don't have those, those comforts. And we could have taken it a step further, right? We could have camp instead of gotten an rv but we were just like hey this is something new let's try it out i want to run an rv let's let's do it and of course there were still parts of it that, that sucked right like sandstorms and things in our, our eyes and trying to figure out how to use wet wipes to shower it's whatever normal camping stuff but when i came home like my hot water in my shower was like the greatest thing ever yep. right my my bed felt amazing um, we got, uh, <laughs> I got pizza with a shot after we came home and it was this really, really, uh, highly rated pizza place. And I told him, I was like, I don't know if this is just me not having eaten real food in a few days, or if this is really just the highest rated pizza <laughs> ever, but I think it's probably the best pizza I've ever had. Yep. And, um, everything just tasted sweeter, felt better and kind of provided us that like perspective of, oh shit, like we do have it really well. Right. We, we are very well off. And um, I had mentioned this to one of my friends just about a different experience. I think I think the coach that I was talking about, too, where it's like on the um, like the ladder of success. Right. It was called like a ladder. Right. If it's just, you know, people walking up and down. Right. Well, we mostly look up. Right. We look up and we go, oh, I want to reach the ladder. I want to keep going higher. One more rung. One more this. Right. But you don't realize if you look below you, there's millions just kidding it's billions of fucking people if you're listening to this because chances are you're in america that probably don't have what you have like there's like a, a like two-thirds of the world or, or a third of the world or something doesn't have a toilet or running water or whatever and then you go like holy shit like i had no clue right and the only way to know that is if you're not looking it up would be to like travel to some of these places which i it's something i want to work on um once i mean hopefully covid's kind of I don't know, wrapped up, whatever the fuck. But, you know, I, I want to start traveling to some of these places because what you realize 
is some of the poorest people in the world are also some of the happiest because they don't have that comparison to say, oh, well, I, I, I need, I don't have the model five. I have the model three or whatever the fuck, uh, like the BMWs, right? Like I don't have the seven series. So like I'm poor and you're like, well, but not really, you know, like you can still get to work. You still have all these advantages. And until like you kind of tackle your eagle, eagle, like fucking eagle, your ego. (laughs) Yeah. You go tackle your eagles guys. Yeah. Um, in that way you don't realize how good you have it. Right. And, um, you know, it's all the negative visualization stuff and stoicism too, right? Or like the, you know, we talked about like the, the last day or like the last time exercise. You're like, if this was the last time I did this thing, you'd appreciate it more because, you know, even if something as simple as what if this was the last time I got to drive a car. Right. Well, I wouldn't be distracted and looking around. I'd be like, wow, let me like feel the car and, you know, whatever and blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of, um, it was really cool. And I think, yeah, it's like, especially with the jiu-jitsu thing, like getting humbled that quickly, you, you'd you see people that would come in and they get beat beat up by people half their size. Their ego kicks in. There's no fucking way this person beat me. They cheated, whatever. And it's like, how can you cheat in like a physical game with somebody smaller than you, right? Are You either win or you lose. And then... You can kick them in the balls and... I mean, sure. Like you have somebody else beat them up and choke them out and you go, oh, it was me. Um, but you, you can see people that have that like cognitive dissonance when they come in and they get beat by somebody and then they they never show up again because it's a tough thing to show up and to suck at something for like six months to a year i mean even after doing it for about two years i still sucked at a lot of it uh you just suck at it but you keep showing up and you keep trying to get better so it's like you know do something that you're not good at to try to humble you right like hey maybe you um Maybe, you know, you've you lost a button on your, your suit jacket or something, right? Normally, you take it to a tailor. Well, you know, tailor's pretty damn good at it, but maybe you try, hey, I'm going to watch a YouTube video and learn how to sew a button and see just how hard that one thing is. You're like, oh, that's got to be super simple, right? Because sometimes you might go to the tailor and they say, oh, we're charging you $10 or something to put this button on. Well, I don't know what it actually costs. And you might be like, $10, that's fucking ridiculous, right? It's, you, you, pr- you, you press a button, you, you put a stitch in it, whatever. Until you realize how hard some of that manual labor stuff is, right. you you don't have that perspective, right? Like construction workers work incredibly difficult jobs, right? To be on their feet all day, to be banging away at shit all day. And then you're like, well, why don't they just work harder or whatever? You know, when we, when we call things manual labor, manual labor fucking sucks. Like, I can go, attest to that. <laughs> yeah, like go, you know, before you're going to judge somebody at a fast food restaurant, like, oh, the guy fucked up my order. It's like, well, you try to manage a bunch of assholes yelling at him through the window, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like you try and do the job better, right? And I, I bet most people, I mean, I'm like, fuck, I wouldn't do that, right? Um, unless I was purposely trying to humble myself with it. But it's like, I also respect those people because I I know that it sucks. It's like, a, I love this quote by um, uh, Tom Hardy, where he says, you know, I, I was raised to treat the janitor with the same respect as the CEO. Because there was something right. where, I think he, he got out of his car and he like he like uh, you know it's like a homeless guy and he sh- he shook the guy's hand and he, he said like, oh you're famous or something or whatever and he's like oh like hey nice to meet you and like oh sir you know don't touch him he's like no like he's he's a person you know and and I was reading an article about him and he's just like yeah like I got lucky with what I'm doing right right I'm not hot shit I'm not the greatest actor in the world I got lucky they they put me in roles that are great at like I do it because I love what I do you pay me a lot of money that's great but 
I would do it for $5 as much as I would do it for 50 million, you know? So yeah. And you know, if you've been talking for a really long time, you can humble yourself by asking a question of, you know, just like, Hey, a shot. What do you think? <laughs> Is that how that works? I, I, I think so. I don't know. I'm not the best at being humble. Wait, was that me being humble? Shit. Um, No, I think if you say I'm not the best at being humble, shit, was that me being humble? That means you're not being humble. Which is way. something I want to talk about after you after you say your points as well. No, you can talk about it right now. Let me jump in now. Okay. Um, so one thing I also want to cover with with humility and, and a little bit on ego as well is there's kind of this trap that people fall into where if you say I don't have an ego. Like to truly not have an ego, to truly be humble is an amazing thing. But if you go, I'm a very humble person, like kind of like I just did, right? I'm pretty good at that. Um, or I don't have an ego. It's almost like you don't have an ego about not like you have an ego about not having an ego or you're by, like by, by saying that you don't have an ego, you're proving that you have an ego. Right. Or by saying I'm really humble. A lot of times you're proving that you're not humble right. because there, I've been in a lot of situations where I've helped people out um, that are like on the side of the road or, you know, like when I was in college, um, somebody was refilling the milk trucks for like the Starbucks and I just was walking by. He took the turn too fast, spilled the milk all over the over the, the street. Ooh. And I saw I was I was probably like 50 feet away. So I'm, I'm still walking towards him. I saw like 10 people pass him and I walked up and just started help stacking the milks with him. And the guy's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, shit, uh, you know. Because if so much of it spills, he's worried they're going to, you know, charge him and all this stuff. And yeah. I was like, dude, like, I've dropped shit on the floor before. Like, maybe not, I mean, not a fuck ton of milks, right? But I've dropped other things that people have helped me. So it's like, you know, and um, it, it's like I'm saying that as, as a thing of, oh, I, I did this thing. I didn't tell anybody about it, really. But it's like now that I'm talking about it, it's like, am I less humble? But I'm just saying it to, to illuminate the point, right? But it's like. I don't give a shit if you give me kudos or not or somebody listens. Oh, my God, this story was amazing because it wasn't that great of a story. But also because it's like you should just do that thing anyways, right? You, you yep. shouldn't you shouldn't take the photo of you volunteering or helping somebody to say, oh, my God, look, I was volunteering. Here's give me give me likes on Instagram, right? You should do it because you understand what it's like to struggle and to help those people. So just kind of be wary of that trap that you can fall into of, you know, oh, I did I did drugs once. I, I had ego death. I don't have an ego anymore. It's like, but then you wouldn't need to tell everybody that, right? Um, you wouldn't need to, to preach that constantly to people. And that that's just not what it's about. So it was interesting hearing this. I was listening to an, an interview about that where somebody's like, you know, the, the ego has one last trap door when you think you have no ego, which is now you go around telling people I have no ego. And it's kind of the right. same thing for being for humble, right? All these emotions we feel. So, you know, let yourself feel it, but just recognize kind of your your place in the world where you're at and maybe do something where you decide, hey, I'm going to go camping. I'm going to go do something that's hard. I'm going to learn a new skill that's tough. I'm going to take a job on the weekends of, of this thing. Or, or even if you said, hey, I'm going to try to fucking live on $15 an hour, right? Like, I, hey, I make more than 15 an hour. I'll be like, hey, I'm going to budget what would be $15 an hour after taxes, which is not that much money for minimum wage. Yep. And then think to yourself, could I live on this actual money before you, you start saying to somebody, why are we paying fast food workers $15 an hour? Because 
I'll tell you right now, fast food worker probably works way harder than I do at my job, right? I mean, my stuff is you know, quote unquote mental work, right? And, and, and tech work and stuff. But like in terms of how demanding it is and people screaming at you and shit, it's, they probably work harder. Um, it's going to be now, funny if after this episode, Matt's unemployed. <laughs> that like, yeah, we, he's not working hard enough, guys. We, we had to let him go and hire mm-hmm. a fast food worker who works harder than he does. Hey, if anybody's listening from work, I'm just letting you know. Uh, I, I that was a joke. Uh, no, I'm no, kidding. no. It, uh, it is true though. Kind of the the higher you get, right, in management or whatever, the less work you do, which is a weird thing to think about, right? Like, uh, you know, if you go back to the construction example, right, you're a labor worker, you're doing all the work. You become like a, a floorman, you're doing a little bit less work, and you're supervising. If you become a contractor, right? You're doing less work and you have a crew of people that are doing the work. If you become a general contractor, you're not you're doing pretty much no work and you're just getting a bunch of subcontractors who are doing all the work for you. You're just organizing it and so it's not that like I mean obviously getting to those higher positions require more knowledge, more experience, more other things, but they they require less work, right? The, the, I don't think there are any CEOs out there uh, of bigger companies, right? Maybe if you're a small company just starting out, obviously you're doing a lot of work as CEO. But of bigger companies that actually sit there, you know, 8, 12 hours a day, like doing physical manual work, right? They're strategizing, they're planning, they're having meetings and stuff, um, but they're not sitting in front of a computer like coding or something um, or, you know, I don't know, calling clients or offering support or whatever it is which is fine i'm not saying they should i think what what we're saying is when you get to that level you have to remember everything you did to get there and realize that there's all these people beneath you that are doing all this work and don't go off on someone for something um and and make yourself feel better than them right because you're not none of us are better than each other what, at the end of the day, we're all just human. You know, there's always someone that has more than you do. And there's always someone that has less than you do. You always have to keep that in mind. Yeah, we're just a product of our choices that we make, our genetics, you know, how our genetics influence some of our choices, all those things. And at the end of the day, um, you know, if you were in my shoes or I was in your shoes forever listening we'd have similar experiences probably, right? right. Um, you know, if you were born and raised the exact same way I was, you'd probably be pretty similar to my mindset and stuff. So ha- having that empathy for other people is definitely important. And with um, the construction example, right, going up the chain and the CEO stuff, uh, it's built like a pyramid, right? There's very few execs. There's, you know, more VPs. There's more directors. There's more managers. And then there's a lot of people under them, right? Individual contributors and stuff. And yeah, it's, you know, the pyramid of success, the ladder of success, whatever, all these fucking, you know, (laughs) graphs and charts and shit. But like for the pyramid, there's less people at the top. So yeah, you could say, oh, it's competitive and you need knowledge, you need this and this. But like the point is also that there's less people. So there's going to always be more people that are below you, right? And it reminded me of this um, image I saw a long time ago on the internet where it kind of shows the hierarchy that we discussed, like the pyramid, but it's birds, 
so it's like a bunch of seagulls sitting in this pyramid or whatever and the seagulls are shitting on each other and it's like from management looking down all they see is a bunch of shit and all the workers see looking up is a bunch of assholes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and both people are like, they're fucking not listening to me and they're not listening to me. And I think that's where the humility comes in of saying, I'm not better than you because I'm CEO. You know, you probably technically work maybe more manual labor, maybe harder, maybe strategizing to some people is hard. Right. But at the end of the day, like, let's communicate, bridge those gaps and ultimately like work together for the same goal. Cause if right. people are on different pages in a company, it's going to be hard to run it. Right. And, uh, that's also where that ego comes into play, right. Of saying, I want my idea to be the successful one. Yep. And then somebody else will say, well, I have this idea. And if people vote on you, the other idea than yours, you're like, well, you guys were my friends. What the fuck? You guys are dicks, whatever, blah, blah. Not realizing that that idea may be better, but you have to detach from it from the ego perspective because you're like, well, this was my idea, right? And and I've had that happen before. We're like working on a project. Somebody like, oh, I want to go this direction. It's different from what we were doing because I was kind of, I was leading it. I'm like, hey, you know, let's let's try out your way, right? Maybe your way is better. Um, I'm open to that, but we'll try it. We can try mine, whatever, right? It's like what's best for like the team and the goal overall, right? And disconnecting your yourself from it, right? And there's times when like I've tried ideas or or done things that people give me the freedom to do, and and they're not great. And you just be humble in those moments of like, okay, like you learned a lesson from it, right? Um, something we we see a lot too is you, uh. You know, for like the ho- like the holidays, whatever, you'll see like people um, accepting like donations, like Santa's ringing bells and shit like that. Um, and what they found is the people that donate the most are the poor or like middle class that were raised poor. The people yep. who donate the least are rich people because rich people t- tend to be like in rich families and stuff, like it's like ultra rich, where they don't understand the struggles of being poor. So when you understand that struggle and or you have humility for other people, then you donate. So if you have, you know, $20 in your bank account, you might donate you know, $2, which you're like, oh, it's only $2, but that's 10% of what the fuck's in your bank account. Yep. Right. That's, that's like a lot of money in comparison to what you have because you're like, well, I'm going to give a little bit because somebody needs it a little bit more than me. Yeah. And um, it's kind of the same reason why we do this podcast, right? We hop in. We um, humble ourselves and we tell stories about us struggling and it's really just to help other people. And it's, it's cool. Once, once you do it enough, trust me, like if you edit enough episodes of yourself listening, you're okay with your voice. You're okay. If you say like, um, shit, fuck, whatever. Uh, and eventually you just realize I'm a human. I make mistakes and that's fine. Yeah. Or, you know, this is how I am. This is how I sound. Yeah. You know, you try I'm, to improve, but that that's about it. Exactly. There's nothing special. Um, I, yeah. I think another part of this, right, kind of humility and uh, being humble is, and we see, at least I see less and less of this in our society now, is owning our mistakes, right? People, a lot of people, you know, they'll make a mistake, which is fine. We all make mistakes. But but the part that isn't fine is when they don't own up to it, right? They come up with excuses. Um, you know, instead of, say, you know, giving a simple apology um, and, you know, saying, hey, I fucked up. You know, what can we do to remedy this? What can we do to move forward? A lot of people will just keep coming up with excuses about 
you know, no, like, yeah, I, I might have been wrong, but it's because of this, or I, I got it wrong because of that, or, you know, it's that person that made me wrong or made me do this or made me do that instead of realizing that you make your own choices like every person makes their own choices and you made the choice through whatever you did and regardless of whatever else impacted that choice and that decision it was your choice and so if it was the wrong choice if you hurt someone that's on you and you have to have the humility to own up to your mistake to apologize and then to you know, to move forward, you can't, I don't think people realize this, is that, one, you can't be forgiven until you apologize, right? Like, if, if you think that you make a mistake of some kind and someone is just going to forgive you by you making excuses, they're not. They may say they have, may feel like it, but... You're, they're not going to really be able to forgive you until they realize that you're owning up to your mistake, that you're, you know, that you're having that humility to say, I was wrong. I, you know, I did X, Y, and Z, or I bought the wrong thing, or I accidentally did whatever. I'm sorry. What can I do to make it better? Right. And, no, I, I don't know why it's hard. It, it, kind of going back to the whole social media thing, I, I think it's because we see so much of this in the media where rich people and people with fame aren't held to the same standards we are. And they can make whatever mistakes they want. They can do whatever they want. In a lot of cases, they don't have any consequences. And so people think... I want to live like that. I want to be like that, that person. And don't realize that not having consequences isn't a good thing. It, it makes you forget how to be human. It's dehumanizing. You forget that we all come from the same place, that we're all in this together, right? You know, when, when people talk about like global warming, Right, and and some people uh, just don't believe in it. And some people do. They, the people that don't believe in it, they're gonna go through the same thing we are. If if the world heats up, it's not just gonna affect me or Matt or you know the people in I don't know Alaska or the people in you know middle of the equator. It's gonna affect everyone, the whole world. And it won't matter if you're rich or poor, if you're old or young, if you're a CEO or a janitor. You're going to get affected by it too. Now, will the CEO probably have a better time with it? Yeah, I mean, they have the money. They'll probably go and do some BS and leave the planet and build spaceships and do other shit. Um, but it's still affecting them, right? Like, regardless, they are still being affected by whatever is happening I, I i was reading something um earlier today and kind of has to do with uh, a couple weeks ago kim kardashian was like you know work harder or something uh what, what was that tweet that she 
cut out? Um, <clears throat> um, I think I know what you're talking about. I don't. I'm not on social media as much. I heard it on a podcast. What you say? So, so I think she said um, something along the lines of. She told women in business to work harder. And now some people think. Yeah, it's to exactly. generate publicity for her new show. Yeah. So she, you know, she was just like, work harder, right? Like, if you want to get something done, like, work harder. And a lot of these CEOs and these mega rich people always say, you got to work harder. You got to do this. You got to do more of this or that. But when you go back and start looking at their stories of most of these, some of the richest people, you start realizing that they didn't work that hard. A lot of them, their families were already rich or their parents gave them money or you know, someone did something and they had connections and that's what got them big. You know, it, it goes back to what I was, what we were saying about losing touch with everyone else, right? When you're at that level, you're like, yeah, well, if you work hard, you'll get here. But then you, you've forgotten that you didn't get there because you worked hard. You got there because your parents were able to give you money that because you were surrounded by people that helped you uh, you know, and all this other stuff. And if they can offer that, if you as a CEO or someone, a manager or something, can offer that to your workers, that's how they get better. That's how they grow. And that's how you continue to grow. It reminds me of something my one of my friends told me. Um, not a shot. I have other friends. Um, <laughs> so he says and maybe she, one of his imaginary friends she, especially if it's a she, she how dare you <laughs> yes definitely imaginary um, she was telling me that um, kind of in the same line that a lot of people get far with hard work but the real successful people are lucky right right time right place now of course the harder you work the more lucky you kind of are right the more connections you build those types of things right the more you can have an opportunity for right time right place right the bigger your network is and the more that you went to a, a really good college a really good school um the more opportunities you had to meet people that can maybe help you get a job down the road right so if you've worked hard at networking you probably have more opportunities so on and so forth and she was saying you know when it comes to life a lot of it is going to be luck, right? Luck in where you're born, luck in what your parents did, luck in how much money your parents had, luck in whatever. Um, you know, maybe luck in ge ge genetics and diseases. And she said, I thought this was really beautiful. She said, my goal in life is to be a little bit of luck in somebody else's. You know, how can I help them? you do that thing you know push them help them look at their resume whatever how can i do the things for other people that i've learned how to do and help so they kind of are in that right opportunity right time stage and i help them with luck you know right. they kind of think oh I, I did this blah blah and they did but also that that luck element is somebody who's purposely seeking out help for them and um when it comes to people, that's why anybody who is willing to be helped, I will reach out and help. You know, if somebody says, hey, I, I need help with my resume, I'll help you. Because it's kind of like I'm being that 
that luck for them because I was really lucky and very, very fortunate that the people I've met throughout my life uh, helped me with those things, right? Somebody was a recruiter. One of my friends was a recruiter. So I can help you look at your resume. I can help you get a job. Like, let me help you get a job at my company. Cool. You know, I, an, another person, same thing. Like most of the jobs I've had have been through my network, but I'm very fortunate because I went to a good school and I, and I met people and I was in a fraternity and I met a shot, right? Um, I was able to have a leadership position in my fraternity. I was president and then a shot was president the year after. So we were very close. And then, you know, we got close to the graduates and the graduates have helped me immensely in my career, but not everybody has those opportunities. So when people get stuck in in the small town they grew up in or whatever it's like i um you know i i would try to change it for them if i could but i also recognize that that can be very tough right right? and at the end of the day um you know that that could have very easily been any one of us right we're all just going through it and you know there's parts of my life that you can say we're unlucky Right. Oh, well, you did this and you went through this traumatic event and this, this and this. But at the end of the day, I'm still here. I'm still pushing forward. I'm still going to, you know, grind it out. Tomorrow's another day. And I'm still looking back at the past and thinking I'm I'm still lucky to be alive, you yeah. know, and, and because of that, I'm very, very thankful for everything that I have. And um, typically, like when I like because I mentioned I'm, I'll be moving soon, um, I usually I mean, I'll be making a post about it, but I just give shit away. You know, like I, I did this with my friend. He was borrowing like my old PS4 years ago because I had upgraded to a pro. And he's like, yeah, my, my PlayStation broke. And I was like, you just, just borrow mine. And he had it for like a year or two. And I was like, okay, dude, you can just have it. Like, well, no, I need to pay you. Like, I don't want your money, dude. Like you needed it in a time that you wanted to play games and de-stress from work and whatever. I wasn't using it. It's yours. Yeah. You know, I don't really care. Like, I, again, I've been very fortunate and like I've had money to buy things. Right. And now that I'm moving, I'm like, cool. If I don't want this stuff, I'm not going to throw it away. I, I'll, I'll donate. I'll donate it if I don't have a, a use for it. Nobody wants it. But I'm just going to like message all my friends like who wants this or this or this or whatever. Because uh, if you can use it and I'm not using it, it's better that somebody does something with it. <laughs> and it also cuts down on, you know, the waste. Like we talked about climate change for our planet, not having, um, you know, to somebody who needs a computer monitor can have one of my old ones instead of you know going out and buying and a new one a landfill yeah <laughs> right or yeah or going in a landfill or me sending it to goodwill and it's sitting in the store forever because nobody's actually going to buy the, the stupid monitor or whatever Not that uh, maybe i mean i guess like yeah if, if they needed it and you know sure yeah. um but yeah you know it's just like i'm i'm lucky to be here and and the stuff that i have so yeah, I mean, all your experiences have made you who you are, right? And similarly, all of my experiences have made me who I am. So, um, kind of like what you said, we, none of us got here all by ourselves, right? Everyone, everyone had help, and there's a there's a good like saying or whatever I, I don't know, whatever it is, but it's like. Yes, you might be able to push a boulder up a hill, but how much easier would it be if you had someone else there to help you? Now, what if you had 50 other people or 100 other people, right? How much easier does it make it to push that boulder up the hill? And that that's what it's all about. It's about having that community and having these people around you and a little bit of having luck, right? 
uh, kind of like what you said, we are where we are because we've had a little bit of luck. We've had people around us that have been willing to help us. Obviously, we've had to put our hard work in too. It's not like you can sit there and do nothing and, you know, things will just happen for you. Uh, so you have to do your part, but there is also this other aspect of, um, of, of, of luck and being at the right place in the right time. I think to round this out, um, so the event that Matt and I went to, it was a an affiliate event of Burning Man, which most of you have probably heard of, some of you may have not, but Burning Man is built on these 10 principles. And I, I think all of these are important, and they're very important when you're there and experiencing this event. But I think they're just important in regular everyday life too, because they're kind of like these basic things that I think people need to need to follow and that society has forgotten about, right? The first principle of Burning Man is radical inclusion, right? Not not being racist, not being, um, you know, uh, respecting everyone, not stereotyping people not doing any of this everyone is included uh the next one is gifting you know kind of like what matt was saying right not trying to take advantage of people but gifting people stuff and helping one another and being there for them whether you're gifting your time or whether you're gifting something like matt's monitors right but giving right um Next is decommodification. And obviously we live in a society where money buys things and does stuff. So this one's kind of harder, but you can think of this as, you know, instead of like getting rid of money completely, where at these events, that is the case, there is no money. But in our everyday lives, again, this whole thing of gifting and not having to make a profit on everything, right? Like what we saw recently with all these high gas prices is that gas companies have made the highest profits they've ever made in their lives <clears throat> ever since they've existed, right? And that's that's horrible because the rest of us are paying all these high bills and they're just raking in all these profits. You would think that, yeah, if we, I understand gas prices are a little bit higher, we pay a little bit more, they should be making less profits too and kind of meeting everyone in the middle. So that's more of what like decommodification stands for. Um, radical self-reliance, right? That goes back to what I was saying is you have to put in your work. You have to be able to do your part before, you know, you before you can create these opportunities and meet these people and do something else. No one is going to help someone that's not doing something. You You see examples of this all the time. If someone's car breaks down and they get out and they start trying to push their car, right? People will come, they'll stop. I've done this. I've stopped. And I've gone to help someone that was trying to push their car. But if someone is just sitting in their car doing nothing, right? No one's going to come and help them and do anything. One, they're not going to know that they need help. And two, you know, why, why would you go and help someone who's not willing to help themselves? Again, barring any handicaps or any conditions that they may have that they're not able to. Uh, radical self-expression, being yourself, right? Being an individual, being unique. 
um, not, you know, again, in today's society, we see everyone try to be like influencers and wear the same clothes as, you know, that um, celebrity or this celebrity or drive this car or that car. You know, you got to be yourself and express yourself in whatever way that is and not try to be like someone else. Um, communal effort, right? Again, being a community, helping each other, um, supporting your neighbors, your friends, your family, whatever that is, all of that. Civic responsibility, right? We live in a society, right? In a civilized society. And a part of being in a civilized society is everyone contributing to that society so we can uphold it. So we can continue having the civilization that we live in. So, and people forget this sometimes, right? It's not, uh, you know, the society we have, the the structure we have, it, it doesn't just stand all by itself. It's built by people. And if you want to change something, you have the ability to. We live in a country here where you have the ability to go and change something, to, you know, propose a bill, to, um, uh, you know, go to your congressman or congresswoman and what is it called when they go and they try to change stuff? Lobby? Lobby, yeah, exactly. Lobby them and stuff, right? We have that ability and we should be able to use it. If you don't like something, go lobby for it, make a change. <clears throat> Leaving no trace. Um, I try to do this as much as I can. It's a very big part of Burning Man too, but leaving places better than you found them, right? Not trashing our world, kind of like what Matt was saying, not throwing away his monitor, instead trying to repurpose it, trying to gift it to someone else that might use it. Um, you know, if, you, if you're outside, don't throw your stuff out into the street or trash the forest or the ocean, right? Clean up after yourself. Uh, participation, right? Being, again, participating in everything that's going on. If you're in government, right, or if you want to be participating in that and being part of it, if there are um, events going on, you know, taking part in them, wh whatever it is, but just participating in whatever is going on. And finally, immediacy, which I think is probably the most important one for our podcast because right we we talk about a lot of mental health here and we talk about a lot of anxiety here and both anxiety and depression and a lot of other mental health issues are because we're not living in the moment that we're thinking about the future thinking about the past or thinking about all of these things that can happen um, or all these things that have happened or whatever it is instead of being in the here and now and living moment to moment and you know being present doing you know it, that can be anything when you're with your friends being an active listener you know engaging in conversations instead of being on your phone um, you know, when you're, when you're driving, making sure you're paying attention to the road 
and you're not texting or doing other stuff, when you're out with, I don't know, your friends or your family, being there with them, you know, really being engaged with what's going on, talking to them about their lives and learning more about them instead of, you know, thinking about what you're going to cook for dinner tomorrow or what this celebrity said yesterday or whatever that may be. Anyway, those were the 10 um, principles of Burning Man. And this is probably the longest episode we've had in a while. But I hope you guys have, have enjoyed it. Any closing remarks, Matt? Um, I will just like to close it by saying, uh, bitch, be humble. <laughs> Good call. Thank you, everyone. Uh, stay safe. Stay healthy. And again, we'll be back uh, next week with another episode. And we'll only have a couple more weeks left till maybe on a prolonged break because I may be out. So we'll make sure we make these uh, these next couple episodes very good for all of our listeners. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.